If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 360 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, aka the Pod God, the Lord of Scoring, Shawnee T Pod, some people call me. Joined today by the Aaron Galan of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a humongous week uh, in the world of mixed martial arts. So many fights, so many talking points, so many cards, and we're going to get into all of that in a second. But must tell you, attention, college comrades. This summer sun is just around the corner, and you know what that means. The water gets warmer, uh, you're getting a tan on, the hair gel is in, and everything gets a bit pubier. Look at our friends at Manscaped are here to make that summer bod uh, even better with their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust the Manscaped and get ready for shaved by summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA. As the great Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff Wad said, it's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. Let's be honest, nobody likes the big hairy guy at the beach. I've been wanting it myself. It's time to to bundle uh, up with Manscaped's performance package 4.0 in that you'll get the lawnmower 4.0 the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer nailed it crop preserver ball the other crop reviver toner and the uh, boxer briefs as well as the shed travel bag first off that lawnmower 4.0 it's a fourth generation trimmer with the cutting edge advanced skin safe technology for, uh, 7000 RPM motor new multifunction on and off switch which engages travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on a 4000 KLED spotlight when there's a more precise shave needed did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too but pool and beach party approved Manscaped even has you covered with our signature crop my mop ball wipes for dare I say spontaneous decisions want to take it up a notch Manscaped's uh, Shears 2.0 is an all encompassing nail kit to tackle those gross sandal nails you may acquire seal the deal with Manscaped liquid formulations uh, before heading outside use the crop pres- uh, preserve ball deodorant and use the crop reviver as well which is a backup i would like to call it a hop back into the mix with some more confidence um Manscaped, as I mentioned, two and two free gifts as well to Performance Package 4.0, the boxer briefs, and the Chev travel bags to bring all your stuff with you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using that code SEVEREMMAY. It's time to trim off those spring flowers this summer and give your beach balls a shine with Manscaped. 
All right, Graham. Let's uh, let's get straight into it here. Uh, let's talk about Dean Barry altogether. You know, we, for the last few weeks, when there's been an Irish guy on it, we we started there. So so let's uh, let's start there. Uh, I suppose you were right. You know, people people can't deny it. You you kind of said it last week. Uh, I put it to you if you were excited, and you were like, "Not really," and you were talking about. It. And then we we did the Zoom. Also, if you if you weren't on that Zoom, it was uh, it was a very different Zoom to ones we've ever done before. And carnage, as they say. Carnage. <laughs> you, you have to be on the next one. That's all I'll say. And this is this is not me trying to drum up uh, Patreon subscribers or anything because it probably won't be for another six months at least. We might do one a year. We might do two a year. It was it was absolutely fascinating. It was, it was as I said, it was very different because Artem turned up and Artem just chose violence on the night and just attacked everyone and went for everyone. And it was uh, it was hilarious and epic. And I've, I've I, honestly, I felt uh, Dean Barry was there and Mike Jackson was there, and I tried to sway it away as much as I could. And, and you know, uh, you tried to mischaracterize what I was saying and uh, blame everything on me. And I- <laughs> Absolutely did not. But what more did you expect, Graham? What more? Yeah, more I wasn't you? surprised. <laughs> but what what you did say was basically true, and I think a lot of people were kind of saying it as well. That you know, not, not against Dean or not against um, Mike, as as you know, Philip O'Connor said on our our, um, our Zoom as well. But it's the UFC putting like this level of fight on in an opening spot in the UFC and I saw loads of people were saying last night to be fair you said it before and like not to say that in three or four times fight that Dean couldn't be in the UFC not to say in maybe six or seven fights time that if Mike got a good run together if he chose to do that he couldn't be in the UFC it's just where they are right now it, it seemed a bit bizarre and the way the fight went even before the finish which I have actually a lot of thoughts on the finish but we'll, we'll get to that in, in a while what, what were your thoughts having said what you said last week and haven't watched it yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think um, it wasn't a great fight. It looked like, you know, Dean has definitely, like we talked about it before, Dean definitely has some really good tools, some very good talent and promise, and, you know, he's a prospect. But over the years, we've talked about it with so many guys. We want to see them kind of build themselves up, uh, fight local shows, fight Cage Warriors, things like that, fight fight like, you know, uh, Bama in the past and, and, and all that, or fight wherever you can, basically, and get experience against uh, against you know the appropriate guys for your record and for the stage of your career and we, we've seen you know guys like Reese McKee like really kind of come into their own and you know really earn that UFC shot and maybe it didn't go it didn't go um the best but if he had been in there you know when he was when he was what four or five fights deep into his career it would have been even worse so um you know uh yeah as you said it's just too early for him to be in the UFC I think um he, yeah he he seemed like he was trying to knock Mike Jackson's head off and get him out of there as quickly as possible and it wasn't happening for him and it just got a bit messy and there was the low kicks or sorry the the low blows and things like that that kind of you know <laughs> like Mike Jackson <laughs> did a go, bit of bit of hamming up if I, uh, a bit of acting to uh to kind of um, get himself a bit of a, a extra break, you know, as the commentators saying, we're saying he's lying on his back, but it, like he's been killed with a with a ball shot, but he's having a, a bit of a banter chat with the ref. So uh, it was a bit strange there, but yeah, I think you know nothing against either guy, but uh, you know it's it's hard to get too excited about these kind of these kind of bouts. Yeah, it, look, 
what what happened with the boat basically was it kind of delved into madness a bit and it it became really scrappy and it became weird now most of that was down to mike jackson to be fair and the, the like we could go out to one side and we could be like very uh we could be very biased or we could be very unfair and dean but i like you see low blows and fights. Dean threw the shot. It landed. He didn't, you know, he didn't mean it or whatever. It was people get through it. But the way Mike was like roaring and shouting, that's the way Mike is. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not slating him or anything. That's just the way he is. I think anyone that knows Mike and has has seen him, you know, covering the sport down through the years, you know, he's. If I was in that position, I'd probably be the same. Although I wouldn't get myself in that position, I'd be like, no, I'm not fighting. But you know what I mean? Like you're roaring and shouting, and you he understands what will become like a meme or will become talked about on uh, online but it, it's also like smart if you think about it like it puts pressure on the referee like yeah, all of these things do yeah. you know it, we've seen so many of these things where there's like several fouls in the fight and maybe there's a there's a point taken or two points taken or or things like that or it goes to a, a no contest like very rarely do we see a, a DQ for like an eye gouge or a low blow or you know grabbing the fence or anything like grabbing the shorts anything like that so you know Dean can kind of in a way count himself a little bit unlucky because the precedent is kind of there that you kind of get away with as many fouls as you want or you get points taken you don't really end up losing by DQ but you know Mike uh, Jackson put the ref in a kind of awkward position um, and the ref you know uh, we'll you, can't really, you can't really argue with the with the DQ uh, really because I can I, I think I, we'll, we'll get to that in a second but just, just because of how bad it looked when they go look at the replay yeah. you, you can you can see what the ref's thinking you know he's thinking oh this this looks really bad like yeah it, it's true and uh, as I said I'll get into fully that in a second but just before we, we get to that the fight like the fight itself like I don't think anyone could deny that Dean was winning that fight pretty well. I, d- I think DC actually did a great job of commentating on this fight, oddly. is probably the only one ever. Uh, <laughs> Are you feeling okay? Uh, <laughs> not really. But Felder did as a, Like, you could kind of see that Dean was very, very nervous in there. And look, it's happened. Look, it happened to Dean Gary. It's happened to, to loads of, of other people. But he was... He was going out and he was there's showing a, his shots. There's a different pressure as well, though. A pressure of, like, mm-hmm. as we said, you know, you need to go out there and, like, really perform and yeah. style him like Jackson and finish him. And, you know, it's a different pressure than the usual. Usually when a guy's making his UFC, UFC debut, if you offered him the decision, he'd probably bite your hand off. But with the decision win, he'd probably bite your hand off. But with Dean Barry, I, you know, I don't think he would have. I think he's going out there thinking, I need to finish this guy. And maybe that showed a bit in how uh, kind of yeah. wild he got at stages. And, and that turned into then the fight becoming, like, not necessarily an even fight, but where Mike Jackson had moments as well. Whereas maybe if Dean <clears throat> had kind of held back, we know he's a very talented striker. If he hadn't gone out and thrown those shots, maybe overthrown those shots, he could have made it look yeah, a little just bit touch easier. Touch him, touch him, touch yeah. him, kind of frazzle him, and then you can land a big shot when you, yeah. Waited for it to come, but yeah. It, all of that put together made it look a really scrappy fight. It made the people, you know, li- like you, and I hope I'm not mischaracterizing you, but that said, like, this fight probably shouldn't be on the UFC card. It made those people look right, and, you you know, you can't deny that, and uh, it's... I Look, I hope Dean gets another shot, because this was a weird way, the way it ended and everything like that, but it wasn't it wasn't a good performance from him. My, like, you know, it was probably actually not a bad performance from Mike Jackson, honestly, because he was a massively... Um, underrated or massively overmatched uh, underdog I should say here and you know everyone's expecting dealing to sign him and knock him out and when he didn't you know it, it doesn't it doesn't look great but 
Uh, look, Dean's in a yeah. good camp. Uh, he, defensively, defensively, like uh, Mike Jackson actually looked like way better than we've seen him in the past. So, like, yeah. fair play to him. He's definitely he definitely went out there and performed better than um, most expected. But uh, you know, obviously, he'll he'll take the win. But uh, <laughs> it was a pretty bizarre fight in the end. Yeah, it was a very very bizarre fight. And uh, so there was the ball kick, as you said. I think everyone knows. When you, look, when you throw those spinning kicks. Even if you're someone's experience as Dean, as a kicker, it, you don't even know where they're going to land. You're you're trying to the midsection, you're hoping the best, but you know Dean was kind of saying all week, "Oh, yeah. he's not that much taller than me. He's miles taller." And there's more time. Like there's more time for your opponent to to move as well and end up in a position where it, it yeah. hits the balls instead of where maybe he was standing when you started throwing it. Like if you just throw a normal a normal leg kick or a normal body kick, it's it's much faster. Like the the, the, the time for the opponent to move out of the way is is less and you know we've seen so many times guys tr- like you know try some kind of spinning kick and you know it go awry like it miss completely or go low or you know hit the ball so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be saying oh that was dirty or anything like that absolutely not yeah so but when when the time when the fight finished, it was actually I think turning into a Dean Barry fight. He was landing some good shots. Mike did land a counter or two, but Dean was kind of styling yeah. on him. I think he was kind of he holding rocked him back. On stage as well. Yeah, I think he saw holding back and he strikes a little bit more in terms of he was throwing him with more technique. He was throwing him very very well and landed him very well. He wasn't over throwing these shots, and unfortunately. What happened happened. So what the way I saw, like watching it at the time, you see the the fingers go into the eye like that. Like we've seen so many times in fights over the last twenty years, you know. And when do you see a disqualification like that for exactly what happened? Like it's grand people are always roaring, Oh, this should be a disqualification, this should be point second and all there and they always roar and you know, it's the same as the open scoring crowd as well. And it this yeah. is not a, and hold you know, on a second now. now but, you- let me let me just finish for one second because this is not just an Irish thing as well because we talked about this only last week or two weeks ago whenever it was and I I'm very I feel like I'm pretty consistent that is like when we talk about intention and you know if for you to decide what is uh, an intentional shot like sometimes you see there was a the cyborg fight it was a cyborg fight it was a cyber fight last night the Arnie Blinko was down. Uh, Jason Herzog said she's down she's down right in front of Cyborg and Cyborg threw the knee and hit her in the head anyway like you cannot deny that that's an intentional foul and if that ended the fight it should be a DQ right that to me is an intentional foul or if you take a point now what happened here was Tyone said it to Dean I, I, I don't know did he take a point I'm not sure if he took a point or not, but he said you knew what you were no, doing there or whatever like Dean did not know what he was do- doing there it looked really bad it was absolutely bad could you take a point for the effect that uh, it had if it kept going absolutely but I was talking to a ref last uh, last week after uh, we were talking on the podcast about it and he was kind of saying you know I said oh well if you take a point then that should be a disqualification and he was kind of saying to me well you take a point because of the effect it had on the fighter you don't necessarily take a point because it was intentional which is, is fair enough if you see three or four ball shots if they're not intentional well you can't just keep doing them you need to take a point eventually so that to be fair does make sense this one so what happened the, the Dean was pushing Mike back for maybe 30 seconds landing loads of strikes throwing back Mike landed one or two himself um, 
Dean got Mike in kind of like a half Mai Tai clinch and was landing one knee at one stage and then was like throwing a couple of uppercuts. Mike did well, you know, he kind of got out of it and he moved his head off to the right and was running like towards the cage to get away from Dean. Very smart way of defending. But as he did, Dean's hand was still behind his head. So Mike pulled out his head from where where it, it had been. Dean's hand was still in that, you know, catching onto the back of the head kind of way. Um, he saw Mike moving and decided to push off as he was doing it, as anyone probably would. And as he pushed off, the hand was still kind of turned and ended up pushing his fingers into Mike's eyes. Uh, very unfortunately for for both guys, obviously, he there was no way in hell he meant that. There was absolutely no intention from Dean Barry to poke Mike Jackson. Yes, it wasn't one of these ones where it's a fight in the middle of the cage and one guy is jabbing with his fingers fucking straight open as we see so often. Which, in my opinion, if you've been warned for that and if you do it again, it should be a disqualification as well because it's in the rule book that you can't strike or you can't uh, walk around with your fingers out. You have to have them up or in a fist. This was not that. This was in a scramble against the cage where Dean Barry had him in a clinch and it turned within a half a second to Mike getting out of the clinch and Dean pushing off. This was in no way, shape or form. And I would, I don't care if he's Irish, English, American, fucking Japanese. If this had happened the same way, I would say the exact same thing the same way. This was never intentional. He, this was only given as a disqualification because of the position Chris Tony put himself in, which is fair enough, like last week. And I can, I can understand it because of that and because of the criticism last week. But it's also only happening because of what happened last week. If this exact same thing had happened three weeks ago, and we hadn't seen what we saw last week with all those cards, this would have been an all-contest, without a shadow of a doubt, I think. What, how did you see it? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to argue with it when you look at the, the when the ref goes to look at the slow motion replay and it, you know it's super slow mo zoomed in it looks really bad but if you yeah, yeah I, I kind of said earlier it's hard to argue with it but I suppose the law is written the rules are written that it has to be an intentional like, you know in my opinion it should be written as egregious more than anything like you know because in, judging intention is just you know impossible like really at the end of the day you can kind of make estimates and guesstimates or whatever but you know, it should just be the kind of severity or the egregiousness of it. But, um, yeah, I suppose within, I suppose I have to kind of backtrack on what I said earlier. And within the rules of the, it, it having to be an int- intentional to be a DQ, I don't actually think it was intentional. So it probably should have been a no contest. But I can I can understand why. You know, and another thing is, like, you know, it's in the apex. There's not that many people there. Daniel Cormier is roaring and shouting, like, that's a, that's intentional, that's terrible, that's disgusting, whatever he's shouting. And he's like, that has to be a DQ, but the ref won't have the balls and all this stuff, basically, was what he was saying. Roaring and shouting this while, while this is going on in a kind of quiet arena. So, yeah, that could have easily played a, <laughs> a part on the ref feeling like, oh, like I've been criticised before as you mentioned and now I have Daniel Cormier basically calling me a pussy if I don't fucking saying I have no balls if I if I don't uh, if I don't make this a DQ I don't know how much that, that played into it as well but uh, yeah I suppose you're right uh, in the in the rules like it's it, it has to be intentional and it was ruled intentional and I actually don't think it was intentional it like you know with these super slow remote replays and you can kind of make it seem like it happened for longer than it was and was, like it definitely was a bad eye poke like don't get me wrong like but I think you know 
I don't. I agree with you that I don't think it actually was intentional. Yeah, and I, I you make a good point about Cormier, and I actually hadn't thought of that, but it, it's right. There, and there seems to be like this movement recently of people who, you know, don't really care about the sport, but are suddenly making up their own rules, um, thinking the way the sport should be governed, and everyone is kind of yeah. That's how I was kind of thinking there yeah. <laughs> before I kind of backtracked. <laughs> exactly, and you know, it's it's easy to do. I do it myself sometimes. I'm sure I do it as well. And you know, I have a chat with a referee or a judge or whatever it might be, and they kind of talk me down a little bit. And you know, we are, we need that every so often. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I really think Tyone was moved by what happened last week. Maybe there was a fucking memo sent out. Maybe they had some training or whatever. And they said, give more DQs or something like that. But I don't know. It still doesn't make this right. It's still... And, you know, everyone hates... Everyone hates a no contest because it's it's weird, you know? And everyone wants this... Well, not everyone, but a lot of people want this rule to be different. They want more disqualifications and they want, you know... Uh, people are always talking about, like, oh, it's like in... And it's stupid. And I'll explain why it's stupid, right? People are always saying, like, oh, if you go in American football and you cause a foul or soccer, if, if it's, a, you know, if if Sadio Mane is running through and fucking, you know, um, Gabriel Jesus accidentally trips him over, it's a foul whether it's an accident or not an accident, right? Which is, is fair enough. That's the same in any other sport. This is a sport where you're trying to hurt people. This is a sport where you're punching people in the face and that's the point of the job and kicking people, that's the point of the job. If you kick someone in soccer, that's a foul every time because you're kicking them. If you kick someone in MMA, it's not a fucking foul because kicking people is part of the fucking sport. And if one of them goes slightly wrong, okay, it's a foul, but should you take points? Like, is it an egregious foul? Is it like... We, it's, it, I think people need to realize what they're fucking watching. We're not watching NFL. We're not watching soccer. It's fucking, it's mixed martial arts here. And sometimes a thing can go like a little bit wrong. That doesn't mean someone's trying to fucking poke someone's eye out or trying to kick them in the balls or whatever. Now, sometimes there are as well. And we've talked about them before. Sometimes people do go over things. But the vast majority of times, it's not. And I, I think people are getting way overboard. Say, oh, this should be a disqualification. And while on the same breath saying, oh, fighters, uh, you know, we need to respect fighters more. We need, like, what? And it's not just because it's Dean Barry, but I've argued for this for a long time. I, I, point deductions are something I'm not, not necessarily against, but I think we need to find a different solution because I don't think point deductions work. But, like, it's it's affecting that fighter too. Like, that's someone that made a slight error in, in fucking timing. Or that Dean Barry one was just the, a complete and utter just bad timing kind of mistake. He didn't even throw a punch or anything like that. It was literally just the positioning error and not even an error. It was just an unfortunate positioning fucking occurrence. It was, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I feel like, you know, obviously myself and Harry do a lot of it over in Speaker's Corner. Me and you talk a lot here about the, maybe the wider scale of MMA, but sometimes people kind of forget what the wider scale of MMA is like that. It's a fucking mixed martial arts combat sports contest. It's not like other sports where you can't just simply call something a foul because it's, a, uh, you know, the referee calls it a foul. You can't call it egregious. You can't call it on purpose. But just because it's something slightly went off, you know, is something slightly gone off in in soccer and other sports, as, as I mentioned, is going to be egregious because the purpose of those sports is not to injure where it is in mixed martial arts. And if you slightly injure the wrong area, oh, well, that's unfortunate, you know? But I don't know. I don't know. I'm gone mad anyway. I'm just in another rant. But anyway, 
Uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It was a bad fight. Let's be honest here. It was a terrible ending. Are they going to make it again? Do you think, or what are they going to oh, do? I don't think they can. I think they need to move on from it now. The, their biggest problem is though, like they can find Dean another matchup. What is he four and two now? I'm sure they can find someone probably who's like, you know, five and one or six and all coming from the contender series. That's no problem. How do you match Mike Jackson? A guy who's won one and won no contest. Like, that's going to be tough. So maybe because of that, maybe they match him up with Dean. Again, like, if he loses, he's out. If he wins, at least then he's fucking two and one. And he probably should be three and one, you know, because the the drugs test uh, took him away for CM Punk was only a bit of weed. Like, so, yeah, I, I think they probably will try to make it again, although I think they shouldn't. But I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Like, uh, like... They really wanted to make this match up, you know. They really wanted to kind of put it together. They waited, and yeah, it didn't work out like they wanted. Are they gonna, you know? The problem is, as you said, where's my, where's Mike Jackson gonna go next if it's not a rematch? So I think there's enough kind of controversy and enough kind of talk around it that they can make it again. But you know, for Dean Barry, does he want to fight Mike Jackson again? Does he want to? He like I said, I'm sure he'd much prefer to go in there against that five and one six and oh contender series guy that you're talking about like you know type so um hopefully they don't but with the, with it's just it's so hard to predict them with the matchmakers like who would have predicted this fight in the first place and uh a lot of fights these days so um it's really hard to know what they're going to do next it's basically just a just a complete guess yeah <laughs> we We'll see what happens. Like, uh, I, I think, um, I think Dean could probably get back in there quick enough, and maybe that'd be the, maybe that'd be an option for him. So, look, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I hope he gets another shot. You know, a lot yeah. of people are saying, oh, you know, he never should have been in the UFC. He doesn't deserve another shot afterward. I, like, that was very unfortunate. I, I think people like, People, because of Cormier's commentary and because of some people online saying, oh, this is a disqualification, I think people maybe bought into that. And, or, but it, it's, it's just, it's not the way that it's been called. And it's, a lot of these things are often called really, really wrong. And I, I think I think that one yeah. was. Well, the precedent is definitely, is definitely the opposite of what happened. Like, we, we've seen many a no contest. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's just, it was weird. And Dean Barry is just an unfortunate one because probably next week he'll probably be back to the, the old way, you know. And it's very unfortunate for Dean Barry that he was the one on, yeah. the, on the bad week caught up in it. But You know, he's put in a bad position by the UFC, like with this fight with Mike Jackson, you know, really... Uh, the criticism that he's got is kind of more for the position he's put in, been put in. Like everybody understands that if the UFC come along and offer your contract, like you know, ninety nine percent of guys are going to take it. So, you know, everybody would, nearly everybody would have done the same in 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 his position. So, you know, I think it's just been very unfortunate for for him. Um, obviously, the way this this fight worked out and the way it ended, and you know, he could probably try and overturn it, but like, there's just no point. You know, he's probably like as you as you said, he's probably like you know by the rules, it probably should have been an contest but we've seen so many people try to overturn results and it's very very unlikely so yeah maybe for him he just maybe, maybe he doesn't want to get back in there you know fight a more kind of uh, patient or, or uh, yeah patient fight against Mike Jackson finish him early and kind of move on and not have this kind of hanging over him so maybe that's what he wants to do and I'm, I'm sure Mike Jackson will take whatever whatever fight he seems happy enough to take whatever fight the UFC offer him so yeah. Yeah, maybe it is slightly more likely that the UC will put this fight together again. Yeah.
Uh, right, let's let's move on. Um, look, there were so many fights this weekend. I don't think we can go through every one of them fight by fight. I, I want to talk about uh, Juliana Velasquez versus Liz Caramouche, uh, which was another uh, yeah. <laughs> bit of a mad evening while we're on this. What did you think of it? Go on, I actually haven't talked yeah. to you about this yet. Go on. Well, obviously, Velasquez is winning pretty comfortably the the first few rounds and uh, got in a bad position and ate some really tiny, you know, nothing, nothing ground and pound shots and, and uh, the fight was stopped. I don't know if it was because they're, they're women or, but like, if a man's fight was stopped like that, I think there'd be bigger outrage. So maybe I'm reaching out something there that isn't there, but I think we saw it in the past where refs were kind of stopping women's fight, women's fights earlier. And maybe that played into it here, but just a terrible, terrible stoppage, like really bad. I would tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those ones as well, where when I saw people waking up on Saturday morning and they saw the clip and they were saying, Oh, that's a bad stoppage where everyone watching it live or watching the whole fight as, as you did, I think the next morning, Everyone said it was a bad stoppage. It was weird. It was one of those ones where you, if you take it in just what's happening in those three seconds, it might maybe it doesn't look as bad. But for what I saw in that, like, <clears throat> it was in a position, as you said, Velasquez was winning. That that shouldn't really matter. If there's 10 seconds of overwhelming damage and someone's fucked, it should be stopped. But there wasn't really. Like, Camus was kind but of... But it wasn't a mercy stoppage, you know what I mean? It wasn't like she was no. three rounds down and it was going the same way. And yeah. it's just she got into a bad position and ate a couple of shots. Like Yeah, and like, the, the weird thing about it was, right, Camus was kind of... She, she was doing, do you know those elbows that you kind of like slide off the face where she's trying to land them but she can't really land them because Velasquez is too close to her and she looked she was trying to land shots and there's absolutely no problem she was she was doing well in that position but Velasquez was tucking her chin she was trying to get out underneath she was stuck in a fucking crucifix position uh, it's very hard it's the toughest position in MMA and for my money she was trying her best then those elbows where she like pushes her head down kind of came into it as she did that she tried Velasquez tried to get her left arm inside to protect herself and to make room for her left arm she put her head down and then Carmouche was able to land the two elbows that you talked about they were they were big elbows but they weren't like people were saying oh she could have crushed her orbital bone There's oh no they way, weren't big no elbows. They, they were they were just normal elbows normal they weren't elbows, they yeah. weren't like yeah they, uh, the, the camera angle did change in to be fair and i don't i didn't see a great angle i saw the other angle of it it did, didn't look like there was anything massive may look maybe mike belter and given the benefit of the doubt maybe he saw her going out or something but it didn't look like it um and then he stopped the fight uh, like i saw a few people say what you said there about is it is it a women's stoppage and things like that and look we have seen that in the past and i wouldn't rule that out honestly it was it, it was one of them there was a lot of people as well saying um you know they made a big deal of, about it being you know an, a night for the army people and both of liz carmouche and mike beltran or marines now i wouldn't I wouldn't bring that into it. I don't think Mike Beltran went out there and said, oh, look, if Liz Carmouche is winning, I'm going to give her the fight. I I didn't buy into yeah, that. But, you know, in the that. moment with the crowd screaming, we've seen it in soccer, like, you know, the refs be put under pressure by the crowd and oh, yeah, make I, a wrong decision. Oh, yeah, I think decision. he made a mistake. I think that's exactly what happened. But I don't think he purposely did it because they're both Marines or anything like that. You know, I think that's, I think that's very unfair. In my opinion, he made a mistake. Other people, look, don't think that way, to be fair. But... You're in, a, you're in a world title fight as well, you know, and it's it's not as if, it's, as you said, it's not overwhelming damage. It's not damage that was to someone who had been beaten down for three and a half rounds or whatever it was. This was someone who was basically taking their first shots of the fight. There was, not, there was nothing overwhelming about it. She was 
like clearly trying to defend herself intelligently. Like how is t- tucking your chin underneath someone's body not an intelligent defense? How is trying to get your left arm inside to defend yourself not an intelligent defense? Okay, maybe putting your head back is not the yeah. most intelligent defense. But fuck it, gone out there, you know, taking seventeen punches, standing up like Liz Carmouche did for the for the first two rounds is not an intelligent defense either. I, I, it was a bizarre one. It was definitely a bad stoppage. Definitely an early stoppage in, in a title fight like this, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Like, if that was like you know, if that was a world title fight, and people were kind of more invested, or it was on a UFC card or something, I think there'd be much more outrage. But yeah, I think everybody did kind of agree that it was a, it was a bad stoppage. And uh, as you mentioned, you know. <sighs> like I, I could I could have seen it if it was like you know if it was the other way around like I mentioned earlier and she, she'd been kind of stuck in this position before and it, it only looked and the round had ended like that or something with, with shots and then it happened again at the start of the round okay the ref is kind of like you know he sees which way this fight is going and he stops it but I think you said it perfectly you know she was she was eating her first couple of shots of the fight after after what nearly 20 minutes or 15 minutes and uh, for her it must be absolutely enraging like you know uh, not allowing your opponent to kind of posture up and tee off on you and only lands kind of short short shots and not that many of them and nothing of like what I would consider like huge impact yeah, that's intelligently defending yourself, and it, it's just a really bad stoppage. Just really bad. There were the sort of shots that I think I'd be looking at and go, like, is this even changing who won the round? <laughs> it was, it was one of, and they were like, maybe, maybe it would have, but it wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't. Like it probably would have continued for a few more. Like, yeah. maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe she would have got out, but we'll never know now. But um, you know, yeah, it was, it like, was just some people are saying it's a law. If you let it go the extra thirteen seconds or whatever, it would have either ended in a, a, a vicious stoppage or a broken orbital. I don't buy into that at all. <laughs> I I think she would have easily got yeah. to the end of the round. Or she she, she hears the, t- the the ten second clapper and goes for like an armbar or something. Or, or, you know, we, no, we'll we'll never her, know. Like tucks her chin back in underneath Camus when she realizes. Yeah. She can't get out. Like, uh, it's just the. Uh, it's she was not out at all. Maybe when he saw the head going back, he mistook it for her being like knocked out or something. When it was actually her trying to make room. That's how I saw it anyway. Maybe she'd say, maybe she'd say different. Maybe she'd say the same. I'm not sure, but th- her eyes were open. She was. She wasn't out. Like it was just. Yeah, it was. A, it was a bad stoppage. And look, it looks like they're making the rematch because the next day, Liamalea McFarlane lost to Justine Keish. Um, and I have to give credit to Bellator though. Uh, look, they've been they've been matching people up hard. Now people are saying, "Oh, Justin Keish is coming off of three losses," but Liam McFarlane is is a good fighter, but not the best fighter in the world. Um, and I think Justin Keish was a tough matchup. And I mentioned it in one of the shows this week. Um, and Bellator have been doing that a lot recently. You know, we obviously saw uh, Patchy Mix against uh, James Gallagher. Or, you know, Vincent Henderson is fighting Peter Queeley. Peter Queeley just fought Patricky. Brian Moore got Lugo. Um, uh, MVP is fighting Storley. You know, the hometown kind of people are getting tougher and tougher matchups. And it was a criticism of Bellator before. So I think we have to give credit to them for matching people up a little bit more tough. And, you know, some people might, mightn't say that this was what that is. But I said it last week and I really think it. I, I thought that was a tough match matchup for someone of uh for someone of Alimele McFarland's quality. So look it it obviously is bad for Belter because they love Alimele. She's a massive star for him. Um but 
you know, the Julian Velasquez, Liz Carmouche rematch is, is the fight to make. Now, also, must give credit to Bellador as well for just being a bit different. You know, they, they had the Hawaiian shorts on. They had that unbelievable walkout for Lima McFarlane where they had like all the, the Hawaiian singers and drummers and everything like that. It was just different. And we don't see much difference in MMA these days. And it was great to see it. You know, I, I would love to see even more of that in Ireland. You know, we see it with Queenie with the walkout. But I don't know, mate. They get a few leprechauns to... <laughs> Oh God! Please don't. <laughs> I don't know. Well, did did you like that though? I know, like the the, the shorts and stuff are they're a bit tacky at times, but I like I I as a, a once off or something. But, but if they're doing it regularly, it just exactly. becomes uh, yeah. It it is once off though. Like they they've been there was their third time and you know really twice because they did two events uh, together here. But like I I was actually thinking to myself and I did a bit on Shore Dog about this as well. But like I went back this week and I watched a fight on Fight Island I can't remember who it was and I didn't realise it was a fight on Fight Island and one of the first Fight Island events until like I went to Chordog or went to Wikipedia or whatever and saw where it was on like you wouldn't have known that it was Fight Island unless you like looked it up and you will never go back and watch Liz Carmouche versus Juliana Velasquez this fight and not know that it was in Hawaii, you know? You you can see the judges there in their Hawaiian suits. You can see Josh Thompson. You can see John McCarthy and all the lads in their Hawaiian things. You can see, you know, if you go back and watch the Elimelech fight, you'll always know this was that fight where they, they had the unreal walkout. This was the fight in Hawaii. This was the unreal atmosphere. And that, that to me is brilliant. Every UFC fight is the fucking same. Like, the only thing that's different is commentary. Like, I hear, oh, it's Brian Stan, brilliant, you know? Or Daniel Cormier, let's mute that. You know, it's, it's, it's fucking, it's so samey, it's, it's almost obnoxious at how samey it is. And I'm glad they did this, and I'm glad they did something different. So, fair fucks to Bellator, you know, we give, people give out about Bellator enough, and we give out about Bellator. I think they deserve credit for doing something uh, different. And, and People as in Sean Sheehan. Sean Sheehan, I about everything, though. Like, imagine waking up yeah, trying to be Sean Sheehan every day, fuck's sake. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bellator put on the card of the week and uh, Bellator 279 let me quickly run through Bellator 278 oh my god we have to talk about this Weber Almeida fight (laughs) one of one of the most outrageous things I have ever seen in mixed martial arts so Weber Almeida threw an inside leg kick at Fabricio Franco hit him I would say halfway up the, the inside of his leg uh, Franco went down and said, oh, he kicked me in the balls. Oh, no, he kicked me in the balls. And he kept playing it up. And then the referee, like, got, I think it was Jason Herzog, was the second referee outside. He looked at the replay and he told the referee <laughs> yeah. in there. He was like, no, no, he hit him in the leg. He clearly didn't hit him in the balls. And then the ref was going up to Franco. was like, okay, you need to continue. Do you want to continue? He's like, oh, my balls, my balls. Buy him on my balls. And, <laughs> and then the referee, <laughs> the, referee, the referee was like, if you don't get up now and fight on, it's going to be a loss. And he's like, I can't, my balls. And then the referee's like, grand, and just finished it by TKO. Like, he, I, maybe he hurt his leg. Maybe he hurt, it didn't look like he hurt his leg. He was holding his balls. I don't I don't know if he was saying my balls or not. Yeah. I just added in that. He could be myself. very, very kind of on his side and say maybe like his ball got stuck under his cup or something. But yeah. Was I, close? I, yeah, I know. Like, but like, I don't know. Like, it, it looked really bad. It looked like terrible acting and, uh, you know. It's good that they had the the, the, the ref gate side to look at it and, you know, not not let somebody get away with that. We've seen in the past, you know, people 
Um, I believe Josh Koscheck faked something. I can't remember. My memory's terrible. But uh, we've seen people kind of win with faking stuff. So it's it's. Uh, it looked to me like he completely faked, <laughs> completely faked oh, it. But, uh, there's, there's no doubt in this but, one. Uh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I think. I think, like, you know, if you look at that replay, uh, the, you know, the ref has no option but to, but to rule that as legal. And if he's not going to continue, then, yeah, TKO, leg kick. Indeed. Oh, I, I definitely got this one right. There's no shadow of a doubt about this one. It was it was very funny, though. I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It was it was funny and fair play to, to Weber Almeida, who's a good prospect coming through. Uh, there's a very good comeback for Blake Perry. He beat uh, McCoy Cooper, who's the brother of Ray Cooper the third. Uh, he was he was winning that fight, and unfortunately, he got taken uh, and, and beaten there. Uh, Grant Neal put on a good performance, moved to seven and one against Christian Edwards. Danny Sabatella. This is a name. People, I think, need to 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 listen to and and hear about. He's an unbelievable wrestler. He's fucks and blinds all over the place. He beat Jarnell Lugo, dominated him on the ground. Uh, Enrique Barzola. Yeah. So that's Brett, Brett, Brett Johns and Lugo in, in yeah. his last two fights. Like, there's some very good wins there. You know, wins, in different yeah. styles as well, like showing that he can do it all. Really. Yeah, and he, he he's the hair dyed, and he's he's got into the tournament now um, and he's fighting uh, who's he fighting Higo I think that's a tough matchup for Higo with the, that ability to wrestle it's uh, it's tough it's going to be tough for anyone and it's uh, that tournament is brilliant like I know they lost obviously Gallagher and they lost Sergio Pérez probably the two biggest stars in the tournament but still the quality is, is unbelievable Enrique Barzola as well this guy is he's 18 and 5 and he's this guy's one of the best fighters in the world, honestly. He's really, 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 really good. And I can't believe the UFC let him go, and he's doing great things in Bellator. And I'm a big fan of, of Enrique Barazola. He's just he's, you know, he's just what you want as a fighter. He, look, he beat Mikhailov last night. He beat uh, Darian Caldwell before that. Like, if you look at his, his losses uh, recently, uh, you know, he, he lost to uh, Ivalov and Aguilar, two good guys, but, you know, he's beaten Christian yeah, Benitez. Yeah, yeah, and, draw as well. Yeah. Like, you can kind of understand that with his, you know, previous four fights, uh, why the UFC cut him, but he was on a good run before that in the UFC, so, yeah, um, it was probably a bit harsh to cut him, but, um, yeah, he does look much improved, you know, as I said, and about Lugo, like, you know, or about, um, sorry, not Lugo. Sabatello. <laughs> Sabatello. Um, you know, his last two, two wins are big wins and different styles. And, you know, if, if he continues the way he's, way he's can, the way he's looking recently, you know, he looks to have put it all together and I think maybe he's the UFC will come back for him or, or maybe, you know, dark horse in that tournament. maybe he can sneak into, yeah, maybe he can sneak into the final and, and then you never know what happens. Alien Quid would be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be, it'd be tasty, like software played him. Um, you know, we talked we talked about the main event, Karmush and Velasquez. If you know, as as we both kind of mentioned, Velasquez was just running the fight. Yeah. Karmush was trying her best, to be fair. But look, it's whatever way it ended. It's great for Liz Karmush to. I think everyone was no, happy. She did that nothing Liz wrong. Won. She, no. you know, she did nothing wrong. Like mm. and yeah, um, I think people were mentioning on Twitter and stuff. You know, she was in the first kind of uh, female main event against uh, Ronda Rousey in the UFC, and obviously lost out there when when Ronda Rousey. Bitter, so <laughs> bitter way out of a rear naked choke, <laughs> she did. Um, and ended up winning. So uh, yeah, uh, sometimes you know you you get a bit of luck, and sometimes you don't. And <laughs> yeah. fair play to her. <laughs> it was nine years coming, wasn't the great? And she got it back. <laughs> yeah. Fair play to her. Yeah, but as I said, look, they'll do the rematch, and it'll it'll be great. So commiserations, obviously, to, to Velasquez, but Carmouche. If anyone deserved a bit of luck, I think it's her. She's had a, a tough enough life. And I remember when she had that fight, she went and like bought a sofa for house because she didn't have one, you know? 
And for someone to come from that nine years later to be still here at the top of the game when Randa Rousey's kind of long gone, fair play to her, fair fuckster for holding in there and 38 years of age. What, what an achievement and, and very, very, uh, very good. And he, like, even in the fight, okay, she was getting badly beaten. But at the end of this round, like, she could have gotten the finish if it had kept going on and, and then no one would have been given out. She stayed in there. She refused to give up. And, you know, she was getting beaten, but she wasn't overwhelmed and she wasn't looking like maybe she was getting finished or anything like that. She did a good job. So fair play to Liz Carmouche. But Velasquez, I really like Velasquez. I think she's a fantastic fighter. And uh, I'm looking forward to the rematch. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Dim Bellator 279. Uh, didn't catch most jumping all over the place <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we, we might as well um, Lance Gibson Jr. won on the opening fight I didn't manage to see most of the prelims because the UFC was on um, Coyote Yamauchi got an an, an armbar armbar so uh, fair play so Jiu Jitsu is king as you always say Sean has proven this weekend it was a great night I, do you know what though I okay, I I led Jiu Jitsu's downfall but I also predicted its comeback about six months ago, <laughs> to be fair, to be, I did know. To be fair, so jujitsu coming back was predicted by me. I am absolutely and utterly, as always, correct. So, but a great win here for uh, for Yamuchi. I watched a bit of uh, Coachelli and on the way into this fight, and he's a he's a pretty good fighter. So that's a good win, I think, for for Yamuchi, and he'll be moving on at 170 to uh, to bigger and better things. I think Yancy Medeiros and Emmanuel Sanchez put on a very good scrap. Uh, Medeiros ended up winning. I know we were talking about it last week, and we were. I was a little bit surprised maybe to see him winning, but yeah. it was a good fight and a good win for Yancy. Yeah, I thought it would probably go to a decision, but I thought he'd be on the wrong end of it. Yeah, a big, big win for him. Uh, fair play to him. You know, Manuel Sanchez is yeah, maybe another guy that's kind of like Yancy Madeiras, where sometimes he turns up and he, and he looks great, and sometimes he turns up and he, and he doesn't. So, um, but maybe that's being a bit harsh to Yancy. You know, he, he did put on a, a pretty good performance, you know, uh, as you said, a bit unexpected, but we, we've seen him kind of do it before, so maybe we shouldn't have been that surprised. Yeah, some people. I think the time out of the cage really hurts him, but Yancey, it seems like maybe it doesn't. So, you know, fair play to well, me. It depends what you here. do with it, I suppose. If, yeah. you're, if you're out drinking and out partying, it's probably not going to help you. But if you're in the gym improving, then yeah. It, did, yeah. it, it didn't stop Nate Diaz, did it? It didn't stop him, fair play to me. But uh, anyway, uh, Patchy Mix and Haraguchi. What, what a, an upset here. What a fight. And fair play to Patchy Mix. You know, moves to 16 and 1. It, look, it was one of those fights. It was very close. I think some people had a 3 2 Haraguchi, some people had a 3 2 mix some people had a 10-8 in the first round for mix i had i had a 3-2 to mix um one three five was it uh yeah i think so yeah um yeah and i it, yeah definitely one and five anyway i can't remember around the middle i was watching like six o'clock in the morning but it was look mitch mitch mix won with his size really i think and he won with his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu and when he got to that point, Haraguchi really, really kind of couldn't deal with it. He was trying his best to fight on the outside, and he was being loose and elusive and everything. And when he was able to do that, he did it very well. But it only took one second for kind of mix to to catch him and 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 take him to the ground. Um, on, on the ten eight, I, I didn't think it was a ten eight in the first. I didn't think there was overwhelming damage, which there needs to be today. It probably would have been a ten eight, you know, eight or nine months ago. But yeah, overall, I think I think the right guy won. You, you had it for mix as well. You were saying, did you, what you didn't get a fight overall? It was it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't one you're gonna go back and watch probably ever again. But it it, it was kind of on a knife edge, you know. The third round, like you could probably give that to to Haraguchi. Like you go back and watch and probably make a case for it anyway. That but. Was close, uh, yeah. 
at the time I gave it to Mix which which would have won him the fight but you know if it had went the other way like when the scorecards are being read out and it was it was 48-47 unanimous usually usually when it's an unanimous decision you kind of know who it's going to be uh, but with this one yeah it could have went either way and yeah, it wasn't the most exciting fight and a bit of a frustrating fight for Haraguchi but uh, you know Mix did what he had to do and got a really good win over like you know a really good guy who's fought uh, like you know fought the best of the best so it's a yeah the streak Patchy mixes on and how he's looking, you know, he 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 looks a real real great prospect. And he obviously made weight again. He he missed weight for the the or fight. More than a more than a prospect now, I yeah. suppose he's he's kind of arrived now. Definitely, yeah, one hundred percent. Like when you beat Haraguchi, you have arrived. You know, there's no doubt about it. Look, Haraguchi, I think. Look, the, the, the story of this fight mostly was kind of how outsized Haraguchi was, and. The problem with that is Bellator don't have a 125-pound division, so he's put in there. And I know he's been finding 135 as well over and over and risen, but uh, I I don't think he's big enough for a 135-pound division, especially when there's guys like Patchy Mix there. But nevertheless, you know he's a good fighter. He's been a champion there before, and Mix uh, did what he needed to do and, and took him out. So a good performance there. And this tournament is is really really good um, with Rafian Stotts against Arculeta as well. And Arculeta, as you kind of predicted, Graham, he did very well. And in the the first periods of this fight, he took Stotts down a couple of times, even now, which I wasn't really expecting. I thought Stotts would have uh, the clear advantage there, but this Stotts did manage to get on top of a couple of times. And uh, maybe not, maybe the fight wasn't turning, but I think the f- I think the fight would have gone his way if it had kept going. But it didn't need to the start of the third round. He unleashed a massive head kick, caught him with the kind of knee, <sighs> kind of Marlon Moraes, uh, Algemin Serling style, put him down, and ended up finishing him with a few. Uh, uh, a few elbows, I think, maybe even on the ground. It was it was a vicious KO. And I'm a big fan of Stotts. I really like him. 18-1 and one now, a great record. A lot of Bellator lads on that sort of record, especially in uh, the 135-pound division as well. But beautiful knockout, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really vicious uh, finish, you know, including the, the ground and penalty. He made sure. You know, it's a really good fight for Stotts. You know, he didn't have a all his own way as you mentioned uh, but he, he, he got the job done uh, or like he hung in there he wasn't really dominated in any way and you know he got the job done with a huge head kick and a highlight reel over a really good guy you know a really experienced guy as well like what that's his 29th fight and that's his only his fourth loss so uh, yeah really really good win and a really really good fight to see where where, he, where he's at and also to go for him to kind of go back to the gym and improve on looks like a fight that will stand to him yeah, and the thing about it as well, he won the interim title with this, and uh, his teammate Sergio Pettis. Although I think he might have moved to another gym, maybe because of the Pettis thing. But he uh, he had a roof of Sport corner in his corner, so uh, so I saw someone say that on Twitter. I don't know if it's true or not, but he did have someone from Roof of Sport in his corner. So it's interesting to see what they do there, especially if he goes through, through the tournament. I suppose in one way it's a bit lucky that Sergio is out of it, so so they don't have to to kind of uh, deal with that. But uh, we, we'll see what happens with that because him versus Pettis could be a, a massive fight and we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes down the road. But, you know, as I said, uh, I, I think uh, Stotts is a very, very good fighter and it's a very, very good win here. So fair uh, fair play to him. Um, there were some post-limbs as well. I actually didn't mean... Um, I didn't see him. But, uh, you know, we'll fair play to all those people who won there. But Chris Heiberg and Arlene Blinko in the main event... Um, it, it was way better than I thought it would be, honestly. Uh, but st- while still being dominant for Chris Cyborg, she got a, a point taken in the... F- what was the point taken for in the first round? I can't even remember. 
it seems like it was a hundred years ago. But anyway, she had a point taken. Uh, it was the low knee, yeah, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The knee went to a grounded opponent. Um, so did you have that nine nine eight or nine 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 nine? Yeah, nine nine. Yeah. Cyber going around like she was. Why did you score for Blinko? No, uh, nine eight would have been. Um, would have been oh, sorry, a 10 uh, eight round, ten eight it? minus the minus the point. Okay, yeah. I no. saw a lot of people, a lot of people going for that. Um, yeah, I think uh, probably Virgin on a ten eight, but either way, you know, Cyborg won every round. I think uh, pretty pretty comfortably. Uh, obviously, maybe she could have finished the fight if she hadn't, uh, you know, gotten a bit wild or a bit a uh, uh, bit of a stupid moment in the first round that got her the point taken, but. Um, yeah, it was a dominant performance. Uh, I thought she, I thought she'd finish the fight, and it looked like it was going to go that way in the first round. But for Cyborg, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it was a rematch nobody was really asking for, but it turned out to be a little bit better than expected. I suppose a little bit more competitive, but still, Cyborg kind of had her own way for yeah. Nearly, I, a lot of it you know, was down twenty five minutes. A lot of it was down to how tough Blinko was, really, and the fact that she did land a few shots. You know, Cyborg's ear was burst open. She was bleeding from the back of the ear. She kind of had noticeable damage on her. And it always feels like Cyborg as well that, you know, if you land one good shot on her, it means a lot. You know, I'd feel like she's not used to maybe taking shots because she is, she's the hammer so much and she's very rarely the nail. And when she does take shots, she's almost like, oh, oh what, what happened here? Kind of. And she kind of gets shot by it. Like she got knocked down but off balance twice in mm-hmm. this in this fight and she kind of the way she reacted to it was a bit weird both times but you know she was never in any grave danger or, an, or anything like that Blinko Blinko like she landed an elbow at the end of one of the rounds and I do think it stunned Cyborg a little bit but it was maybe a good time for, for Cyborg the fact it came right at the end of a round but look Blinko Blinko didn't win any of the rounds I think it was the second round I had a 10-8 um, I just think not much came back and Cyborg landed a lot of shots but anyway I had a 49-44 I think most people had a 49-45 as did the judges so a very good win for Cyborg and afterwards she called out Amanda Nunes she called out Kayla Harrison and she'll probably be fighting you know probably not Sinead Cavanaugh next because Sinead is, is out injured at the moment but you know Sinead Harding lost as well on this card so that's a, you know that's a tough one who are you going to match her up with next it's there aren't many options out there so we'll we'll see Katsingano maybe is the most obvious one and that's probably the fight that will happen next uh, maybe Sinead next February in Ireland that'll be fun but I think Cyborg doesn't have much left on her contract so we'll see what happens with her um, but uh, yeah we'll we'll see we will see uh, right let's move on and talk a little bit about the UFC there wasn't much to talk about in this UFC card honestly uh, we already mentioned Mike Jackson and, and Dean Barry Philip Lins beat uh, Pracanio in a unanimous decision win as did Preston Parsons who had very very good wrestling there was a lovely finish for um, Ori Quilling over Cameron else I think uh, you know Cameron else came into the UFC um, you know in 2020 against Kyler Phillips Got finished pretty comprehensively there. Finished again pretty con- comprehensively here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was his last UFC fight. Honestly, especially you know coming into the UFC having beaten a guy who's three and fourteen, zero and one, four and zero, zero and zero, one and one. Not exactly, <laughs> you know, not exactly setting the world light in terms of who he'd beaten before. Um, but you know he has he has that win that everyone talks about against Paddy Pimble back in 2013, which seems like a lifetime ago. And then you know he's beating Dylan too, because well. so he you know he is no mug, but he's another guy that probably 
you know, probably didn't deserve his spot in the UFC at the moment, but um, I hope he gets another opportunity because it's great to see people from this side of the world getting it there. Maybe he'll get one on the London card, but it'll be a, it'll be a big fight for him. But um, uh, Ori Kaling is a very good prospect, I think, and it's interesting to see where he goes. Although he's fucking 31 fights or something like that. Anyway, Tyson Pedro, I, I gave it as my bed of the week, my flyer of the week over Sherdog, first round KO, and that's exactly what he got. He put on the sort of performance that I think people were expecting from Dean Barry, maybe. You know, he was very, very patient, looking for the shot, wasn't ex- wasn't forcing it, wasn't trying to land that big shot all the time, landed some lovely leg kicks, and when the big shot came, he took it and he finished filling Villanueva, who was uh, a massively outmatched opponent. I've, I've, I've always been a fan of Tyson Pedro, I like him a lot, yeah, he's had his issues down through the years, and he's had massive injury issues as well, but as a fighter, he's a very good athlete as well, and I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes next, so a very good win for Tyson yeah. Pedro there. He kind of referenced in the post fight interview how kind of hard it had been with the injuries and said he was really proud of himself to come back and stuff so he's obviously gone through some hard times but he looked he looked in great shape he looked sharp and you know he got really nice finish uh, leg kicks and uppercut finishes absolutely uh, you know perfect Fantastic. performance and perfect comeback for Tyson indeed uh, Sergey Kandozov got a nice uh, KO then against Dwight Grant Barry Alt and Jordan both got guillotine finishes lovely one arm guillotine from uh, from Jordan against uh, Lando Venata well it actually wasn't, it was, wasn't he it? finished it with, with it locked uh, oh did he with two hands. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah the enough. commentators kind of shouted that it was one arm but it actually wasn't okay. uh, then Ca- Claudio Puelas got the uh, unorthodox knee bar according to Brendan Fitzgerald like what a knee <laughs> bar most, is unorthodox yeah. what are you talking about but uh it I was pretty slick though and pretty sharp was lovely, uh, transition yeah found that jujitsu came back as predicted by me it was brilliant knee bar but it was yeah lovely macy barber as well they got a good win put a lot of damage on montana de la rosa with her against the cage she did a, a very good job there so a good run for macy as well and in the main event another star uh, jujitsu <laughs> the first ever special yeah, I'm surprised Olenek hasn't got one. He probably has one in his career anyway, but maybe not in the UFC. I always think of uh, Neil Siri versus Mikel Solander. Remember that uh, Cage Warrior show above in, above in the Helix where Solander was catching everyone on him and he caught Siri on it and Siri managed to survive. I always remember that is that's my uh, my favourite ever sta- standing arm triangle, even though it didn't finish. But, you know, good stuff here from Andrade. I, I thought Limas would win. I think Limas was doing a little bit better. She was kicking that leg. She was winning the fight, but then, you know, Andrade muscled her way in. You could see that she was looking for it. It suited her height and her strength against Lemos. And uh, it was a beautiful finish, a very, very good finish. And uh, what can you say more about you know, Andrade calling for title shots again? And you know what? She's probably not too far away. So uh, fair play to her. And what a weekend for women's MMA, you know? Three main events we just talked about. All women's MMA fights. And I, I've done a bit of, of this for Shardog as well, so I won't go too far into it. Maybe I'll throw it to you. Like... We talked about Ronda Rousey and Liz Carmouche nine years ago. Um, and we, you know, at the time, people were criticizing it being the main event. And Dana White, not too long before that, had said women would never be in the UFC and everything like that. It's great that, and we look at other sports today as well. And, you know, they're still trying to push women's sports an awful lot. And that's no problem with that. That's great. We don't have to do an MMA anymore. Women's sports are just the women's side of the sport is just accepted it is part of the sport there was three men events here all women's fights and no one blinked an eyelid probably no one has even mentioned it apart from me maybe and that's great it's 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 brilliant that we just see men and women as equals in the sport and it's 
it's not like other sports where it's an, a, a completely different side of the sport, you know? It's, yeah. uh, I, think, it's I, I think MMA and, you know, the UFC definitely deserve some credit for kind of being ahead of the curve. And, you know, you see in uh, soccer and Sky Sports News over here and, so, and stuff like that, they're trying to kind of push uh, women's sports in the last uh, couple of years, uh, only the last two or three years. And in boxing, we've seen more kind of promotion of, of the, the women and things like that and kind of being treated as, as the same as the, the males. And I think, you know, the UFC definitely, maybe I'm wrong here, maybe there's other sports, but from the sports I follow anyway, um, they, they seem to have kind of led the way in normalizing it, uh, normalizing the women as, you know, worthy headliners or, you know, worthy of a spot. And as you said, nobody's blinking an eyelid now because it's become so, it's become so normal. And yeah, Dana White's definitely <laughs> in the past, you know, said, you mentioned, he said about, oh, I think TMZ asked him, well, when are the women going to fight in the UFC? And he said, never. So, you know, he, he, he can be pig headed and kind of, you know, stick to something he said, but, you know, in fairness to the UFC and, and everybody involved, they did, you know, uh, kind of lead the way in, in, in terms of normalizing it and, you know, credited them for that. 100%. Fair play to them and then fair play to Bellator as well and, and everyone else. Uh, and it's, it's great to see. It's great to see. Pick up the ladies. Fair play to them. Um, PFL had a card in their first card of the year and it was actually pretty good. Uh, Omari Ekmedov, I have to mention his KO, one of the KOs of the year so far. An unbelievable knockout over Victor Peshta. Uh, hurt him really badly, knocked him out with a big right hand. Um, there was wins for Simeone Powell against Clinton Williams. Uh, Rob Wilkinson got a lovely takeo finish over Bruce Soto. Martin Hamlet does what Martin Hamlet does and out-wrestles opponents. Uh, Stevie Ray lost to Alex Martinez. There was a few takedowns in that one. Uh, not the best fight in the world, but it's good to see Stevie back, you know, and you, that tournament, you, you'll see, we'll see where he goes in that. Corey Hendricks, uh, beat Emiliano Sardi, which was a bit of a shock there, I would say. Uh, Oban Mercier got a split decision win over the two-time champion, Nathan Schultz, uh, in a, in a good fight and a good performance. Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr., the reigning champion at 205, beat Dylan Monteverde, a Darsh Chuck, you know, doing what Shoeface does. Uh, Haush Mafu knocked out the magic man Dan, Ma- Dan Don Madge even uh, after Don had been winning the fight but a very good knockout there and Clay Collard Jeremy Stevens put on one of the fights of the year an unbelievable fight over three rounds if you haven't seen that one uh, go, try to go back and watch it was a, it was a beautiful beautiful fight and uh, you know a good start to the year from PFL they had a few technical issues and stuff but they got them fin- fixed by the midpoint of the fight and it was a very good night I, I enjoy PFL honestly next week's card um, my favorite PFL fighter, the heavyweight champion from last year, Bruno Capeloza, he takes on Stuart Austin, who most famously has a win over Tom Aspinall uh, via knee bar. That 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 unorthodox submission of a knee bar. Brendan Lachnan is back <laughs> as well. He fights Roji Kudo, who is a pretty good fighter. I, I've looked at a couple of his fights, so it'll be very interesting. Uh, always great to see Brendan back. Uh, Hinan Fahez on the card. Lance Palmer and Chris Wade should be a tough wrestling match. As uh, should Kyle Boschniak versus Bobby. Jenkins, uh, Dennis Gostelov, who's been a semi-finalist a couple of times, is back at 265 pounds as well. And your guy Shaman Murray, so not a bad card there. And then next next week's UFC, um, there are some good fights on it. I like uh, Andre Filo versus Janderson Bretto. I like Jared Garden versus um, versus uh, Grant Dawson. That's a pretty good fight. Um, and in the 
towards the top of the card then Darren Elkins Tristan Connolly that's a good old fashioned North American scrap there I like that one Jake Collier Arlovsky is probably going to be another decision win for Arlovsky in the main event Rob Font against Marlon Vera I have a full preview coming out on Sherdog on this with, with my guy Spencer but what do you think of that main event Graham I, I just think Rob Font is going Ooh. to be a level above Marlon Vera what, what do you think yeah but- uh, I, I was looking at the odds and it looks like a pick and fight on the odds but I was thinking the same I think Rob Font you know that could be you know, I, I'm not giving any betting advice or anything but personally I might be putting a, putting a little wager on Rob Font yeah I, I think it's uh, I don't think it's as close as the betting odds are, are, are talking about but anyway um, we believe that there and we look forward to those fights next week and we'll have the full preview on Thursday night as always with Ian O'Neill and friends um so yeah, oh, before we go as well, Reese McKee, Graham, fighting for the welterweight title of Cage Warriors Belfast against Justin Burlinson. That's a great fight. That is a great fight. I'm really looking forward to that one. It's good for Reese, isn't it? Because obviously he came back, he beat won, uh, won that fight against uh, Alexi Mantikivi, which is a better win now looking after what Alexi has done uh, since then. But, you know, Reese coming out of the UFC obviously had a very, very tough time there getting back to winning ways here uh, last time out and now fighting for the cage warriors title it's a big opportunity for Reese, isn't it Graham and it's great uh, obviously I haven't known him for a long time it's great to see him getting that opportunity yeah definitely yeah like uh, you know was, <laughs> we mentioned it a few times but it's obviously his UFC debut was was ridiculously difficult like a basically impossible task and uh, Alex Moreno Alex Morono fight was you know close enough fight that it didn't go his way and he was unlucky to get caught and it was important he bounced back and you know he's back into a title shot now and you know uh, Burlington is a good fighter but I'd expect Reese to go in there and, and you know have his own way here and you know become the, the champion again and maybe that will lead to a, a quick turnaround and a title defence and maybe back into the UFC and he could be he could, he could was, get a quick turnaround and back into the UFC yeah, he was never the champion before though was he remember the, he was supposed to fight for the title and then he got oh, signed yeah. by the yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is almost this yeah, is almost sorry. coming of age maybe nearly you know it's, it's kind of going back to where maybe he should have gotten down the first place but he looked no he should have, he was right to take the opportunity and everything but he, he's done it the right way he spilt himself back up and it's great to see him getting this opportunity and you know, I'm sure we'll see more uh, announcements uh, over the next while about fights and on Belfast and everything like that but uh, we have taken up our hour for uh, for every, uh, we uh, taken up our hour of everyone's time for today so we will leave it at that no time for Man United talk now I didn't even see the game so I can't talk about it and I won't be watching <laughs> which one? it anymore which one <laughs> Tin Hag great manager can't wait he's the the next clap he's going to take Man United to the next level it's fantastic looking forward to it but uh, yeah we will uh, we will leave it at that thanks everyone for listening patreon.com forward slash severe mail podcast if you want more content and you want to to help us out you know it's only a five or a month to be honest it's only like fucking 20 cent a podcast if you found 20 cent in the ground you'd hardly pick it up do you know so lash that over to us we will uh, continue to to provide you with beautiful mma content like nobody else can let's be honest they all want to be us graham but they ain't us they ain't sean sheehan they ain't graham mcdonald because we're fucking the best <laughs> that's fucking it Graham see us out with your quote for the week go on alright Jorgen said to me we'll win the Champions League you know he said so can you, I'm in can love you, with him and I feel fine can you fuck <laughs> can you stop we'll see you next Tuesday or whenever